our next presenter for the day and um, continuing our international theme, I guess. Um, Anna uh, will be joining us and talking to us about um, systems thinking and incorporating that into our research. Are we ready? Hello, my name is Anna Kovinges and I'm a user researcher. In the past 10 years, I've worked in many different contexts, from ethnographic studies in remote communities to UX research with cutting-edge tech companies. In today's presentation, I will show you how systems thinking is like packing for a trip. I will share practical lessons that I gathered while applying systemic approaches in widely different contexts and identify the core similarities that apply to every scenario. Some problems can only be solved when you deal with the underlying causes. To identify those causes, you need to look at problems within their contexts. Systems thinking allows us to cope with complex contexts and projects. Let me give you an example. Off the coast of Africa, there was an issue with fish depletion. Your first thought probably wouldn't be that it was related to an attempt to fight malaria. Well, after looking at the entire issue, it was found that mosquitoes' nets distributed to fight malaria were being used for fishing. These nets do not allow smaller fish to pass through the nets, and those smaller fish are the ones reproducing. In sum, systems thinking is a way of making sense of the world's complexity by looking at it in terms of holes and relationships. By applying systemic approaches, researchers and designers can identify unforeseen opportunities and tackle deeper problems and be more likely to come up with effective solutions. Let me quickly share just a few examples from my previous experience to clarify what I'm talking about. Traditional washing machines have a concrete block to stabilize it while it spins. The wastewater, which is relatively clean, simply goes down the drain. In this diagram, you can see the inputs, the dirty clothes, the detergent, the electricity and the tap water. And then you can see the outputs, the wastewater coming out, the heat being dispersed and the clean clothes. In contrast, at Polito, we designed an eco-washing machine for Indesit. Instead of a cement block, the wastewater stabilized the machine. The heat given off dried the towels and the wastewater was reused for the next wash cycle or for other household activities like flushing the toilet. Another example relates to Technogranda's meat processing plant in northern Italy. These are the systems that we identified. Here are the inputs needed to process the meat. The packaging, the cleaners, the electrical power and the tap water. And here are the outputs, the packed meat and several kinds of wastes that were not being optimized. This is a more detailed diagram of what I just explained to you. And these are the improved systems we designed at Polito 
to optimize resources and reduce waste. This is what we call circular economy. <laughs> yes, systems thinking can get quite complex. <laughs> okay, let's see a simplified diagram. Here you have more eco-friendly inputs and multiple outputs that come from the usage and optimization of wastes. In this example, you will see that the outputs you now get are crabs, worms, pallets, fertilizers and so forth. So, in a nutshell, we have the inputs that are more eco-friendly and we have the optimization of outputs that produce multiple products in addition to the packed meat. At OutSystems, a software company, we applied systems thinking to get a holistic view of the evaluation process of our prospective clients. These are multiple evaluator profiles, our customer-facing staff and other stakeholders. Each profile follows multiple paths and interacts with our product and with other people. And at the end, the decision to buy the software is made based on all these interactions and experiences. And lastly, this image is from a systemic study we did at TechnoServe for optimal urban planning of emerging villages. As you can see, systems are made of interconnected parts that affect each other. And we can apply systems thinking to the design of products and services, value chains, the layout of spaces, community studies and so forth. Please note that we will focus on the key lessons for identifying and mapping current systems. In this talk, I will not tackle the design of improved systems. So, the following lessons refer to the understand stage of the design thinking process. Now that we are all on the same page, I will walk you through my experience in three different contexts. Academia, agro-industry and information technology. Let's start with academia. After helping create some products as an industrial designer, I realized that I wanted to be closer to people, so I specialized in human-centered design with a focus on systems thinking. And to perform ethnographic research for my master's dissertation project, I spent four months living in an underprivileged community on an arid island in Cape Verde. This was my first job as a user researcher and systems practitioner. The initial project goal was to identify the current systems of the island and design sustainable systems. As you can imagine, undertaking a systemic study in which the initial scope was an entire island <laughs> was quite overwhelming. In fact, the three project stakeholders, which were an Italian NGO, a Cape Verdean association and a partnering university, lacked proper alignment on the project framing. Back then, we learned that we needed to define our scope very well before starting field research. That was the only way to get actionable insights and not get swamped with all the information I was gathering. We did a baseline study to get back on track and learned that fresh water is not naturally available. 
and the underground water is salt water. In order to get fresh water, you have to get it from a factory, which is expensive due to the salt extraction process. So, we decided to focus our study on water scarcity, one of the most pressing problems of this arid island. The key lesson here is that we overcame the initial overwhelmingness because we correctly define our area of focus. Of course, to apply systems thinking, we need to look at the whole context to get the big picture. But to do that successfully, we need to define boundaries. So, think of systems thinking as a way to prepare for a trip with friends. First, you ask your friends where do they want to go. In systems thinking, you ask your stakeholders what they want to do with the research insights, or, in other words, which decision they need to make. Framing the research needs, goals and scope with stakeholders is a critical step to ensure the success of an initiative. Another project in which I learned a lot was in Mozambique's agriculture industry. Here, we aim to have a long-lasting impact on the community by designing a maize milling service. The majority of women in rural areas manually pounded maize to produce flour. Hence, the primary goal of the milling franchise was to save women's time and effort. But the milling service in itself wasn't enough to establish trust and long-lasting relationships with these women. Manually maize pounding is strongly linked to cultural beliefs, so to really have a long-lasting business and social impact, we needed to get a holistic view of the context. The systemic approach allowed us to realize that the problem we wanted to solve was way more complex than anticipated. One of the opportunities we identified was that women tended to gather and socialize while manually pounding their maize. So, we should definitely consider that enabler. Because we invested a lot in research to understand the reality and worked side by side with locals, the mills naturally became gathering points for women. And competitors didn't explore this strength. If we hadn't fully understood the context when mapping the system, we wouldn't have been able to identify all relevant interconnections. We wouldn't have considered the possibility of transforming the mills into gathering and training places. And it became our solution to get clients' loyalty. So, when preparing for a trip, you do some research about the weather, activities, local cuisine, and you exchange ideas with your friends. Basically, you get context about your destination. Similarly, to prepare for a systemic study, you perform extensive research to understand the broader context. People, organizations, resources, flows and processes within the broader scope of your project. Lastly, I will talk about my experience in tech. We apply systems thinking to identify opportunities for optimization through service blueprinting. OutSystems is a modern development platform that provides tools for companies to develop, deploy and manage enterprise-grade applications.
Here, we first performed extensive mixed methods research to understand the people and processes in our organization and the organizations we work with. The goal was to build a broader picture of what it means to evaluate the OutSystems platform. Then, we iterated ways to visualize and scale the service blueprint. In doing so, we have noticed that we needed to go beyond the existing personas and segment our prospects by their motivations, limitations, restrictions and platform evaluation goals. If we didn't do this, the information we gathered wouldn't be helpful. Getting a holistic view of the evaluation process of our prospective clients was not an easy task because of several factors. There are multiple evaluator profiles. Each profile has different skills and different ways of exploring the platform. And they interact not only with our platform and our staff, but also with external professionals like partners, consulting firms and freelancers. So, the number of elements and interconnections in the service blueprint is huge. But we were able to connect our parts in this complex system because, previously, we had learned how our prospect clients do their evaluations. Also, we run workshops with a team and experts to iterate on the framework by organizing and reorganizing multiple times <laughs> the gathered information until we reach the best visualization of the service blueprint. With this blueprint, we could see the big picture and, therefore, visualize our metrics, relationships, touch points, struggles, strengths, and this holistic framework allowed us to identify and prioritize the opportunities according to the decisions that we needed to make. Now is the time to pack for the trip, considering what you learned about your destination. You will pack clothes according to the weather, power adapters according to the power plugs available, and so on. You put all you need in the travel bag. <laughs> and, as you know, you often need to unpack and pack multiple times again for all stuff to fit in the right place. Similarly, in systems thinking, you grab all the lessons you gathered during your extensive research and you pack everything into a framework to get a holistic view. The hardest challenge here is to correlate and place everything in an easy way to consume the information and scale it. And to make sense of all the information you have gathered, you need to understand the topic under study very well. That is why the previous preparation steps are essential for you to connect all the system parts. Here in Portugal, we have a saying Tenham uma bagagem de conhecimento which relates to having a knowledge baggage that you carry everywhere you go. Likewise, if you are going to travel to an extremely cold place and you only packed summer clothes because you didn't get context about your destination before your trip, your travel won't be pleasant at all. So, in systems thinking, you need to get the context and then find a good way to correlate and visualize everything and therefore be able to 
get a trustworthy holistic view, understand the root causes of problems, anticipate unexpected or unforeseen opportunities, and enable your stakeholders to design responsibly by avoiding unintended side effects. In conclusion, applying systems thinking is like packing for a trip. You define your destination or the area of focus, then you research to learn the context, and then you pack all your stuff or all the gathered information in the best way possible. Every journey is different and with different people. Systems thinking is a way of reaching your destination. It's not the final destination. And after all that hard work, preparing and packing for a trip, all you remember is what you gain from it. And in my line of work, what really matters in the end is the outcome and the improved businesses, not the system map itself. Although every situation is different, if we learn the basics about preparing and packing for that trip, we will be able to adapt systems thinking to every situation. Thanks, Anna. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. So, um, let me uh, kick off with a question from Ines, um, who asks: uh, systems mapping, uh, system maps can get messy, um, very busy with information. How do you support people to not get overwhelmed with all of it? Um, what strategies do you use? Um, and how open are clients to the um, benefits of systems thinking and the time expectations that go into it? Yes, yes. It can get really, really messy, right? When we try to put all, all your learnings in the same framework and then, like I said, you need to pack and pack and pack. So you can actually put visible what is the, the most relevant information. Um, the latest example that I gave that was from uh, the framework that we did uh, for uh, out systems. So what we decided to do was we saw which were the main journeys and the main information that was relevant for our stakeholders to see, right? And then people uh, could click and then click again to get more details. So basically in the main uh, scheme, you would see the most relevant information. Then if you wanted to know more, you just click more and you click on more and it would open more windows so you okay. get further context further links um so how open were our clients of the benefits benefits of systems thinking yeah uh, they are aware and more and more um because now companies start to realize that it's important for us to understand the full context and all the relationships because more and more is important for us to see what is underneath, right? The, the underlying causes of problems and unforeseen opportunities. Because mm -hmm. once we can identify these opportunities, we can even be better than competition, you know, you can and you mm -hmm. can really solve the problems in their roots instead of just fixing something that it can even have a worst effect in long term. Mm. So, yes, people start to be aware of that. Yeah. I think as organisations start to address their um, sort of broader 
um, environmental impacts. Yes. They need to yes. start dealing with these elements um, much more um, explicitly. And, and these sorts of tools then become a natural extension of whatever work they were doing before. Yes, definitely. Um, I, I had another question. Like um, the particular system maps that you were showing and that you were using are based around the relationships between um, things, the components and, and the relationships. It's inputs and outputs um, in, in that regard, there are other types of system diagram that speak more around sort of storage and flows, um, which is a, it's a whole other sort of way of thinking about systems, less, um, less relevant or less useful in, in the context that you were describing. Every, prob every problem and every project needs different um, frameworks, different diagrams, different maps, right? So mm -hmm. according to the goals that we want to reach and according to the scenario itself and to the destination that I told you about, right? We need them to choose uh, the best map to present the information and to correlate the information. So um, there is no one size fits all. Right. Depending on the project, we will then choose a better framework. And in the beginning of the project, I don't know which framework I will use, which diagram. It's only after getting all the context and understand the, the, the context and the problem really well, then I start to see what is the best framework to, to apply. Um, Daria asks uh, whether or not there's a specific tool that you recommend for these sorts of maps. Yes, there. You can have you can use uh, design tools. You can use, for example, Miro with, with boards if you are not mm -hmm. a designer. And there is another tool that now I'm forgetting the name, but is quite useful. Let me. Uh, uh, let me see here if I remember the name. Ah, yes, there is um, there is a tool in which you can actually do all these inter um, interconnections. That is um, Kau or something like that. But now I forgot the name because I okay. I didn't yes use it well yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's something that it starts to be used by many systems thinkers. Okay. I will then write down the name there. Thank you. And thank you for that uh, presentation, Anna. I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for Have having me. Have a good evening. Yeah. Ah, our pleasure. Thank you.